Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I have with me Dr. Saul Klein, who is the Dean and Professor of International Business in the Gustafsson School of Business at the University of Victoria. And for you, this might be part two of uh, talking with Saul because you came on before, Saul, to get us ready for a very big announcement, which is today, uh, June 28th. It is Wednesday. The Gustafsson Brand Trust Index, the freshest, newest index has come out today. It's been published. It's gone live today. Tell us about what we can be expecting from this index. Well, great. Well, Darren, thanks for having me back. Uh, as you said, this is a big day for us. So this is the eighth year in a row uh, that we're releasing our results from the most trusted brands in Canada. Uh, it's always a lot of excitement around that. We look at what's happened over the last year, but also over the space of the eight years when we've used consistent methodology we've got a lot of the same brands and we look for the biggest pictures what are the trends what's going on also what's happening in the broader environment around us wow that's amazing and uh eighth year uh, anything kind of very unique or anything kind of like standouts or anything kind of shocking from this year um every year is a little bit different it really depends on what's happening in the context obviously the last couple of years things related to covid were big Yes. And we saw some significant changes, uh, really, as people were more in lockdown mode, um, they tended to focus on familiarity. So old, the older brands that they've been using for a long time tended to uh, be strong on trust. Hmm. We saw some interesting things going on around um, use of online shopping, um, some counterintuitive, where... Yeah, Last year during COVID, we saw, for example, that trust in Amazon, while people were using Amazon more and more, trust was actually going down. Oh, wow. This year, we've seen a recovery a bit in in Amazon. But the big thing that we've been looking at this year is the new economic environment, particularly around high inflation. Okay. And one of the things we're picking up is a strong reversion back to, um, to value. And high inflation environment, there is renewed attention on the value proposition and whether the brands are delivering real economic value to consumers. And that's something that's come out really sharply, particularly uh, in the grocery store sector, where 
you know, we've seen quite a bit of media attention on groceries, uh, grocery stores, concerns about price gouging in some cases, but generally we've seen uh, some retailers get into trouble, at least on a, from a trust perspective, where they've been reporting high profits, yet they're also uh, under fire from consumers for overcharging. Mm-hmm. So interesting things going on there. Um, if we look at grocery stores in particular, we see some really interesting results coming out uh, with respect to two of the best known grocery stores in the country. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, there's a the, the good story is Costco. Mm. Costco has always done well in our rankings, typically being in the top three. This year, solidly number one, tied with uh, MEC actually. But their, their value propositions, this the way they're seen to be helping consumers uh, manage the challenges that consumers are facing in terms of rising costs is really quite powerful. So mm-hmm. Costco does really well. They've seen an increase in their scores as well as their ranking this past year. Um, probably on the other side of the brand trust story, a uh, brand that's got into trouble, mm-hmm. uh, certainly in terms of consumer perceptions around value and their, their profitability is Loblaws. Mm. Uh, Loblaws has typically done quite well in our study. Mm-hmm. Um, they have from time to time encountered particular problems. So you may recall a few years ago, there was an issue with price fixing of bread and Loblaws got caught up in that, even though they were the ones to essentially uh, take you know, um, expose what was going on. They still took a hit, but they were able to recover. Uh, this last year, it looks like a more serious drop where that combination of reporting higher and higher profits at a time when consumers are really worried about pricing has seems to have hit them quite hard. Hmm. Wow. And and so do you talk about like the, can you mention the top three and the lowest three? Can we, can we mention those? Uh, we can. Um, we typically talk about the top 10. Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Let's go through the top 10. Let's talk about the top 10. That'd be great. Yeah, so, so this year, you know, the top, there was a tie at the top and interesting for two reasons. One, we've talked about Costco. The other interesting one that's come back into number one position is Mountain Equipment Company. Okay. Now, MEC historically did very well. Then a couple of years ago, you may recall that MEC at the time, it was Mountain Equipment Co-op as opposed to Mountain Equipment Company, um, ran into some trouble. They actually were restructured. Um, they were sold to a, an American company and the co-op structure was unbundled and they became a, a more traditional company. Yeah. After that happened, we saw quite a strong reversion on trust. Um, their owners who were their shareholders, their customers uh, were very disappointed with the transition. But we've seen in the last year that MEC has really been able to recover strongly. And they've gone back to the traditional brand values. Um, Strong focus on environment, perceived as a very authentic brand, very values-based brand, but not sacrificing on customer service or um, product functionality as well. So very strong, interesting performance tied for number one. Hmm. And then tied for number three... Yeah, is uh, 
Columbia Sport and CAA, the Canadian okay. Automobile Association. Nice. CAA is, again, one of those brands that's done well every time we've done the study. Okay. Um, slipping to number, tied for number three, isn't all that significant. Um, they're still a very, very trusted brand. Columbia Sport is interesting because it's been rising fairly consistently. Yeah. I think last year they ranked number 14, and this huh. year came up to number four. A really strong performance. Hmm. Oh, sorry, come up to number three, tied for number three. Yeah. Then we had another tie for fifth place uh, between Toyota and Dyson. Uh, Toyota, also interesting story in the automotive category. So as we've discussed before, we look at brands against each, you know, in the whole universe of 408 brands that we look at. But the more interesting comparisons are obviously brands in the same sector. Yeah. And Toyota's always done well. They've stumbled uh, as well, but they've recovered. In Toyota's case, they stumbled a few years ago when they had some problems and concerns about um, unintended acceleration and they, they had quite a few uh, product recalls. Yeah. But they've come up very strongly this year to number one. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm saying it's an interesting category, because certainly not in the top 10, a brand that used to do very well in automotive, in fact, for many years was our top brand in the automotive sector, is actually now dropped to last brand in that sector. Oh, wow. And that's, that's Tesla. Wow. Uh, yeah, very interesting. So, you know, when Tesla first came into the rankings, yeah. They had such a strong lead in terms of environmental issues. Their electric cars were, were seen as um, really changing the industry. But what's happened since then is the electric cars have been picked up by all of the manufacturers. Toyota in particular is doing, is doing well in that sector. So they've lost yeah. a bit of their differential advantage. Yeah. And they've also dropped a little bit, I'd say, for two reasons. One is, I think there might have been heightened, overly high expectations of Tesla, and you know they've had troubles meeting the demand. There have been some issues in, in the supply side. But also, the thing that we think is actually hurting Tesla is the person that was responsible for starting it. Mm -hmm. and there's a, clearly an Elon Musk effect. Yeah. And we think that uh, given that he is so closely associated with the brand, that his public comments, his more visible presence actually rubs off on, on Tesla. And particularly, you know, Tesla was seen as this really strong, authentic brand, very values-based. Still does well on the um, environmental protection aspect, but not so much on the other aspects of authenticity, contributing to society, treating employees well, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So interesting changes there, yeah. but yeah, Toyota again tied for number uh, five with with Dyson. Yeah. Dyson very strong on innovation. Yeah. They come out uh, yeah way ahead, but yeah. again strong, reliable brand, good customer service. Uh, tied for seven, two, un, you know, no surprises here. They've done well consistently. Lego and Band Aid. Yeah, nice. Yeah, very traditional brands, done well. And then rounding out the top 10, well, it's actually the top 12 because we've got ties, are Dove, Four Seasons Hotels, 
and Ikea. Okay, nice. Um, Four Seasons Hotel is an interesting one yeah. for a different reason in that uh, they do incredibly well amongst younger consumers. Hmm. So when we look at the demographics, we look at under 35s, 35 to 55, over 55, our hypothesis up front was that Four Seasons would do well against, particularly in uh, older consumers, yep. and generally associated with spending power. I mean, yep. Four Seasons is not a cheap brand, hmm. but they've done really well against uh, or with younger consumers. Yep. And we think there's two things going on that are interesting with respect to Four Seasons. One is their eco-friendly positioning, and they've really built and are continuing to build up the environmental credentials, which resonate with younger consumers particularly. The other thing is, unless you're really in that market, you may not be aware of it, mm -hmm. but Four Seasons was actually picking up very strong social media attention, um, mm -hmm. particularly around some uh, TV programs that were highlighting Four Seasons. So, uh, White Orchid. Yeah. Um, even though it doesn't really mention Four Seasons, was filmed at Four Seasons properties. Yeah. And on the social media side, there was a lot of publicity around yeah. around the brand. So, yeah. Yeah, really interesting results for Four Seasons um, and explaining a little bit about uh, why they get to the top of the rankings. Wow. And they, that could have gone either way with that TV series, right? It could have been quite negative or quite positive. It's good at yeah. the positive side. But again, if you look at the show, the, the visuals are so oh. amazing. Yeah. And it really highlights the, uh, the locations that Four Seasons has got. And I think it also stresses the, um, the, uh, the service components yeah. that, serve, that Four Seasons does extremely well on. So again, very interesting uh, results on that front at the top of the rankings. That's you want to ask at the bottom? Yeah, who's at the bottom? I'm so curious if you're if we can go there. If we can go there. Uh, yeah. So again, it's probably two categories do worst. Um, probably not surprising to any of the listeners. One would be airlines, and okay. certainly if we look over the last year, the least trusted category of all the brands that we look at were airlines. Yeah. And we could talk about some of the specific examples in a second. And the other ones that uh, did poorly and continue to do poorly are social media. Hmm. So our bottom three brands are TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. And that's out of the 408 brands that, that we look at. Instagram and WeChat are almost with them. Snapchat close to the bottom as well. Wow. And, and yeah. for you, what, what do you think that is and why is that? Why do you think that's happening? Well, that, that's the whole issue of truth. And we've yeah. certainly seen the politicization of social media and the concern that we can't really trust the accuracy of what we're reading there. Yeah. Now, at the same time, people are using them. Um, although in some cases, we're seeing some, some changes in usage patterns as well, particularly around Facebook. Yeah. Um, but there's a... I would say a healthy degree of skepticism yeah. around what people are, are reading. Hmm. And I think it might come down to, there's a sense, again, it's a bit of a, a contradiction here because people are using them more. I think what's happening is 
people are trusting the messages that they're exposed to, but at the same time, they recognize that there are other messages that they're not exposed to that they don't trust. Hmm. And this is part of that whole bubble effect uh, in the communication media where we're, because of social media, we're really only exposed to, idea, to ideas that mirror our own, that yeah. reflect our own way of thinking, and the algorithms will give us more and more content that reinforces our prior beliefs. Yeah. And I think that leads to that sense that, okay, well, I can trust these folks because they believe the same things I do, but there's a whole bunch of other people out there who I don't trust and mm. they're saying different things. And again, we, we see it very strongly in the political realm. Yeah. Um, the US is probably the worst example of that right now. Wow. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So those that are listening to this and, and hoping to be in that top three next year, what are your biggest tips for, you know, I know, I know you can't kind of conjure it up all the time, right? You've got, uh, you know, yeah. so has been around <laughs> The, the top three brands have to be good on all three dimensions. Yeah. So, and as we've talked previously, the three dimensions are one is a very functional one. So is the brand reliable, delivering consistent uh, products, good value for money, uh, innovative, high quality, all those functional characteristics. Mm -hmm. Second, there's the relational side. And you know, brand has to treat consumers well, has yeah. to respond you know, communicate honestly, fix their problems when things come up. Yeah. There's the whole customer service dimension. And third, what we really see in the brands at the top is that's not enough. Mm. They also have to be seen to be acting in a more positive societal way. They have mm. to be seen as respecting and protecting the environment, treating employees well, making a contribution, positive contribution to society. And those value-based ones, we think, are increasingly becoming the key differentiator. So think of it as, a, as an evolution taking place where, you know, historically, we really had product-based economies where functional delivery was all that mattered. And beginning probably in the 1970s, 80s, we saw a breakout where brands started to differentiate themselves more on the service, quality, service dimension. They weren't sacrificing products, but they were recognizing that good products have to be associated with good service. Yeah. Where we are right now is we think we're at the cusp of a transition from, a, you know, we've gone from a product-based economy to a service-based economy. We're at the cusp of that evolution to a purpose-based economy, where again, consumers don't want to sacrifice products or service. 
but they also want to see purpose. They want to see organizations acting in a way that reflect their own values. And that becomes the ultimate differentiator, we think, going forward. And so we see the brands at the top excelling on all three. Um, They might differ in terms of some of the demographic segments, differences in terms of age, for example, or region. But really, if you get to it, it's the same relatively small group of brands that lead across the board. Yeah. And so in some ways, the customer service part is just as important as the marketing. Absolutely. And even the value side, it's around being authentic. It's not promising or there's there's a lot of greenwashing around. Um, Consumers are are actually quite sensitive and skeptical to that. And, you know, if you make green claims in particular and you get caught out for them not being accurate, you pay an even greater price than if you hadn't made those claims to begin with. So, you know, we we think there's, um, you know, the, the necessity is obviously to both deliver and to communicate the value that you're providing to your to your consumers. Yeah, that's incredible. So this year it's come out. What do you hope and what are you imagining for next year? I know this is too soon maybe to ask, but what do you maybe uh, imagine for next year? Yeah, what are your predictions, that, your crystal ball? It's tough ball? to predict. Yeah. Again, at, at one level, it's really what, con- what happens in the broader economy. So, you know, if we move into a recession, which some people are worried about, that has an impact on trust. Depending what happens with inflation, it could continue to accentuate the trends around value. Or if we start seeing inflation under control, interest rates coming down again, consumer behavior starts changing again, and, and we'll see different, different brands. We, won't, we don't see, again, major changes at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, how would I, I put it differently? We don't see brands coming out of nowhere and suddenly become the most trusted brands. We do see you know, brands falling fast, but they tend to build slowly. Um, so that's what we look at. And then again, we, we look at long-term trends. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I mentioned airlines before. Um, the airlines have gotten into a lot of trouble. So certainly during the pandemic, there was increasing concerns. Some airlines did better in managing the concerns about, about travel. Coming out of the pandemic, we've seen an enormous resurgence in demand, and airlines have struggled to meet the demand. We, you know, if you think about uh, last Christmas, we had massive problems um, where you know, flights were canceled, delayed, people's luggage lost, um, vacations disrupted. So you've got some of those short-term effects. Mm-hmm. Within the airline sector, we, we're actually seeing one we think is quite surprising, but it's been consistent, is the decline of WestJet. Mm. So when we first started doing these studies, WestJet was clearly the most trusted airline in Canada. Um, they were perceived as breaking the mold a little bit, being different from their competitors. Unfortunately, they've lost that differential advantage. And while there still might be high expectations of them, um, they're not delivering in the minds of consumers. Mm-hmm. And they're one of the few brands that over the last eight years has declined every year. Mm-hmm. So again, it's I think it's a bit of a wake-up call for, for WestJet. Yeah. And 
they've, they've lost some of that special source and they're now seen as just another ally. Wow. And for you, kind of throughout the year when this index goes out, how are you getting out there? How is the word getting out about this index report and how are you seeing the response to it from brands and marketers alike? Yeah, so there's two aspects to it. One, we tend to get a fair bit of media coverage around who's most trusted, who's least trusted. And some of the brands, obviously the ones who do well, amplify that message. Um, so yeah, a lot of um, brands will refer to the, the trust in their, in their social media, some in their advertising. Again, obviously the brands who do very well um, will speak publicly about it. But then there's another dimension where we engage directly with brands who want to get more information. Hmm. And as part of our commitment to trying to encourage and drive stronger performance across the board, we offer any brand that wants it a customized um, deck providing a, a comparison of their brand to other brands in their sector. Wow. wow. And we probably engage with 20 to 30 brands on that basis each year. In mm -hmm. some cases, we'll come and talk um, talk to their leadership. Um, it's often easy to do it online. In other cases, we'll talk at conferences. Um, but generally, you know, we want to engage with brands. And over the years, unlike the media attention, the brands that engage with us are all over the place. Some mm -hmm. are brands that do really well, want to understand why. Other brands that are struggling and also want to learn why and to try to get a sense of how it can change. In some cases, I think brands will also use our data to complement their internal results and to see if there's some consistency, if there's differences between the metrics that they're measuring and the things that, that we're seeing. Hmm. So quite a, quite a lot of engagement. Um, one of the things that we we certainly are proud about and, and we emphasize is that there is no cost to any brand for engaging with us. Hmm. So this is a university who's putting out the data. We think it's reliable. We don't think there's any particular bias in it. Um, and we put it out there really as a service to brands because we think we're all better off if we have brands that are satisfying customers uh, more directly and are building trust. Wow. And if a brand wants to get into that list, like the, you know, your the giant list, what, what's the way to get to kind of a, you know, what's the qualifiers? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, you know, we determine which brands we measure largely based on an understanding of the different product categories. So at this point, we measure brands within 33 different product categories. And the brands that are on the list are typically the brands that have the largest market shares in each category. Mm -hmm. Not exclusively, because we do also include some brands that we think are disruptors that are changing. But any brand that's interested could contact us. If they fit within a category, um, we'll really look at that two issues. You know, what kind of market share do they have? How much familiarity do consumers have with the brand? And if they don't, if they're relatively new, are they doing something quite disruptive that's going to change the way um, people perceive the, the market? The bigger issue is we have occasionally introduced new categories, and that's if we think there's something interesting going on in a category that we haven't currently been measuring, we will 
Again, look at the, who are the major brands in the category and add the brand and add the category rather. Okay. Um, in some cases, we've tried categories and then dropped them because they weren't really interesting. They weren't showing anything. Okay. Um, the familiarity was, was pretty low. So, you know, out of the 400 odd brands, you know, we might change 20 or 30 in a year. Um, and typically it's been more increases than decreases. Yeah. So we might drop half a dozen if familiarity is really low and there's nothing really interesting going on. And we'll drop and we'll add another 10, 15, 20 brands a year based on uh, what's happening in the market. Okay, that's really cool. That's amazing. So this index is out. We'll put the link in uh, the chats here, the notes for people to uh, le look at it. And that's great. So, you know, once people people click on the link they all they can find two things on our on our website that'll be of interest one is the ranking of all 408 brands uh, the other thing is they'll be able to download a report so the report gives a bit more detail that tells some of the stories some we've talked about already but there are other stories there that that come out uh, we'll talk about in the report and yeah that's available for free it's amazing I mean, this is a really great service that you provide. I'm so glad that this is happening. And, and tell us about you, uh, next steps for you and, and this project, and, and what are you excited about this next year? Um, yeah, so the project uh, should continue. I mean, yes. we think there's a, a lot of validity in, in continuing it. And in yeah. many ways, it reflects the values of the business school in terms of trying to have an impact on our own in society yeah. and the belief that trust matters. And, you know, I think we're all better off if we have brands and organizations that we can trust more. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm coming up to the end of my term as dean. Um, so I've got a couple of days left, uh, and that's all. I will have completed 11 years as dean of the Gustafson School. Uh, at this point, I have a sabbatical, and then I will come back and do some other things. I'm likely to keep uh, my hand in the brand trust work. There's also another major initiative which we run within the school, mm -hmm. which I've agreed to, to take on. I've mm -hmm. been doing it on the side of my desk, but it needs a bit more sustained, dedicated attention. Yeah. Um, it's all about trying to change the world and make, it a, make the world a better place. Um, about seven or eight years ago, we established an initiative called the Victoria Forum. Mm. And the idea behind the forum is to bring together policymakers, academics, business leaders, civil society, to try to address and come up with solutions for the world's biggest problems. So again, as, as a, as a um, purpose-driven organization, we're worried about what's happening in the world. We're mm. seeing you know, the, the impact of climate change, economic inequalities, geopolitical tensions, you name it. We've got some serious problems. And we think we need to bring together change makers who can both address and come up with solutions to those big problems. Yeah. So the Victoria Forum has um, its own structure, which we're working on, but it's also co-hosted in an interesting way, both by the University of Victoria and the Senate of Canada. Yeah. And so many senators have been engaged in our activities. Uh, we would hold a major event each, every, every two years. We'd like to bring it to an annual type of event. And then we'll also run 
smaller workshops and discussions in different parts of the world. So this year, in the last couple of months, we've held workshops in Ottawa as well as London. Wow. And each workshop brings together a, a different group of, of individuals who are doing interesting things, talking about their experiences and talking about solutions. Hmm. Our focus is less about trying to understand the problem yeah. than it is about getting to solutions and bringing people together who, on the one hand, may not always talk to each other mm -hmm. and, more importantly, have different points of view. And mm -hmm. we're trying to bridge those divides in the world. Wow. Sounds amazing. Well, Saul, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. This is an exciting day for you. I know you're also doing a uh, workshop today with the CMA, Canadian Marketing Association, with some of the uh, top brands, which is very exciting. So I hope the uh, rest of your day goes well as you uh, announce these. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, and that's, that's great. So from the, the CMA event, we actually bring some of the brands that do particularly well. I think we've got MEC, Toyota and Dyson um, joining me on a discussion around you know, their brands, what yeah. works, what doesn't work. And for us, it's always useful to get the inside perspective because the brands, the companies know what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're much more attuned with what's happening in their particular space than we are. So it really becomes an interesting learning discussion. It's incredible. Well, as someone thank who, you. yeah, thank you. As, as someone who gets all their camping gear at Mech and Mech Fleece, and I drive a Toyota Sienna minivan with my family. And this room is currently being uh, fanned by a Dyson Cool fan here. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I can see why those three brands have done so well. So, very exciting year. Okay, well, it's great, and uh, thank you for for asking us. Uh, love to talk about this stuff, and anytime we'll be interested. It's wonderful. Well, you met Saul before, as we gave a little amuse-bouche to uh, today's announcement. Uh, make sure you click the link in the podcast notes to read further, dive in. And if you are one of those brands, be sure to reach out to uh, the amazing people at uh, the Index Report, Gustafsson uh, yeah, Brand Index, and you can get a deeper report, which is very exciting. And if you want to be on that list, maybe uh, you got to make some calls or do some uh, adjustments in your organization. So. Saul, thanks again for being here. Great. My pleasure. Keep well. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada. Uh, make sure you check out the link in the bio and chat information, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.